Hi, Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist. Welcome to episode 400, 400. Just under under a year of doing the uh, Historic Preservationist on podcast, continuing to uh, try and bring you varied episodes of of the trades and history. Um, And uh, don't forget, please, to tell uh, tell your friends and acquaintances um, about our podcast if they have interest in history anywhere around the world. And uh, we are heard uh, anywhere from about 32 different countries around the world right now. So, so let's continue on. Let's, let's talk about an episode here where um, the, uh, the tool that helped really shape early woodworking, the molding and the hand plane. So sure, a, a, a plane may just be a block of wood with a piece of steel in it, but it is wood and steel so finely crafted that it strokes in order to make the wood smooth that it touches. This union, this conduit of steel and wood poses an immediate problem. Wood changes its dimensions with changes in humidity. Steel does not. If it's hard and long wearing, it will move out of tune with the steel. This is why your first job in plane making is to find a dimensionally stable wood, such as beech, birch, apple, boxwood, or pearwood, and put it aside for two or three years to dry and settle down. Cover the ends of the billets with wax to keep cracks from forming. Wood loses moisture through its end much, much faster than through its sides. So when the ends dry faster than the middle, they also shrink faster. The fat, wet wood in the middle holds the wood on the ends apart, so the only way it can shrink is to crack into smaller pieces. Waxing the ends prevents the cracking by causing all the water to escape evenly out the sides. You'll quickly learn to make planes in the same way you you learn to make anything from paintings to violins. By copying the works of past masters, I really don't believe we do anything creative and new in this country or anywhere in the world as far as the handcrafts. Um, the best thing we can do and the best tribute of flattery is to copy and uh, try and perpetrate history that way. So if you copy a good plane and modify only the cutting face, you will learn how to make planes for any job. Begin by squaring up the stock and laying out the throat lines on the sides. These lines will guide your chisel as you cut the opening for the blade, or as we call it, an iron. The angle of this opening is usually a 45 degree pitch, but may well be steeper for working harder wood. Make sure a pitch block, which is a board with the uncut end cut at the required angle to guide your tools. You can begin the opening by making holes with a long drill. So, once you have the short row of holes through the body, the chiseling will go much, much faster. In larger planes, a keyhole saw can join the holes to make them even a bigger space. So, once you have an area for the chisel to reach into, the work is quite easy, as long as your chisel is sharp, of course. So to keep cutting with the grain, you need to cut back from the bottom of the plane as you pair the upper surface of the throat. Rasp and coarse files will help you to level the surfaces within the throat. 
Plane makers use coarse, single-cut files called floats to finish their inner spaces. You can make floats with a cold chisel and steel blanks, but a cabinet maker's rasp will do as well, or you can just do fine with narrow chisels. Scratch stocks. Professional plane makers use planes to make their planes. These mother planes are fashioned so that their bottoms have the opposite shape from the pattern needed. Okay, it's easy enough, but how do you get a mother plane or a grandmother plane? No, you can, you can use a scratch stock, basically. A simple scraper blade mounted in a wooden block, which can make any molding you need, but really can only make them in, in you know, just one or two inches, so it can't make uh, long runs. So be too much material to just to scratch and, um, with, the, with a piece of metal. So we need to have a cutting angle on that, which the plane can offer us. So you can make the scratch stock for pennies in just a few minutes. First, draw the molding profile you need on paper and glue the pattern to an old hacksaw blade. Cut off the piece of handsaw blade by scoring it deeply with a triangular file and then snapping it off with the vise. Protect your eyes always. File the blade down to the outline of the molding, making sure that the file to file the edge square across. You can use a scraper freehand or mount it in a block of wood, or use it to smooth the gouged and plain contour. As with any scraper, use it only for the final precision shaping and smoothing, after you have thoroughly roughed in the pattern that you're after. So let's, let's speak about the blade. So once the throat and the bottom profile of your plane are complete, you can shape the cutting iron by inserting the blank and grinding it to match the profile of the bottom. If you're so fortunate to have access to blacksmiths who can forge weld laminated steel and iron blades, then we probably know a lot of the same people, and there's not many of them out there, because this is a rare skill indeed. But although early planes were laminated, you can do very well with solid tool steel forged or ground to a gentle taper to lock it against the pressure of the wood as it cuts through, severing the fibers. So once you have the blank iron, you need to return to the woodworking to make the wedge to hold the iron securely. This is one of the most critical operations of plane making for two reasons. First, the wedge must hold the iron tightly and securely to prevent chattering or slipping. You can seat the iron snugly against the wood by coating it with soot from a candle and then setting it in place so it will leave marks on the high spots, showing you where to cut away. Second, the wedge and its socket must allow for the shavings from the planing to pass freely out. The curvy shape of a molding generates a shaving that is wider than the blade. Study the nuances of planes similar to the one you're making. There is a reason for entry level in this wedge. Now, with the iron secure, lay a scratch all flat on the molded plane bottom and scratch the profile on the curves onto the iron. Sight down the bed of the plane to ensure that the scratching is reasonably accurate. Knock the iron free by tapping on the top face of the plane. If you're going to use files rather than a grinder for this job, you'll need to soften or anneal the steel. 
if it is not already soft by heating it red hot and allowing it to cool slowly in the ashes. Once you have filed the blade to the proper profile, you'll need to, or it'll be need to be rehardened by heating it red hot and cooling it very rapidly, quenching it. Temper the blade by reheating it once more until the edge shows an oxidation color of bronze heading toward a tinge of purple and then quickly cooling it again. Hone it to a final cutting edge using curved slipstones. As you use your new plane, you will discover soft and brittle places in the blade and chattering or choking with the shavings. Overcoming these problems by resharpening and carefully trimming is like tuning and adjusting the bridge on a new violin. So, this section has provided only a short treatment of complex undertaking. So, anyway, we will continue on, um, you know, many episodes from now, continuing with more specifics on how to build hand plants. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservation, is signing out. Um, signing out from episode 400.